Well, if they won the championship, they're probably the best team. Five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your exclusive source for everything you need to know about the Vancouver Titans. This is Chris at Lightforce, the guy that whispers the sweet somethings to you each and every episode, joined by the whole gang. I got Omni here at the, or at Omni Strife. Sorry, I almost got your Twitch handle mixed in there, but we'll talk about Twitch a little bit later. Happens to me too, that's fine. And Just Sam. keep it the same. What's going on, everybody? Is at another Sam Chan. What's I'm up, looking for. Uh, I'm looking for a unified Twitch name. You guys are trying to convince me to start a channel or something. I got nothing to show for it, though. <laughs> you can you can broadcast direct from your PS4. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a funny point because afterwards, um, last time when we were talking about how my all my all my credits and all my tokens didn't go into my PSN, it's because it went into my PC account. Oh, yeah. What level is your PC? I think like 14 or something. Yeah, you got a Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's been uh, what? Uh, four days, five days since we last spoke. <coughs> I mean, we had that bonus episode. So right. We had huge news. So that was that. But I mean, this is our now regular time. Everyone is tuning in uh, on a Wednesday morning. Unless you happen to be on the other side of the international dateline, at which point it's probably Thursday already. But uh, you are tuning into, as I said, the premier source of the Vancouver Titans and everything you need to know. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk a little bit about some information that we've learned since the previous episode, only a few days ago, about the Vancouver Titans. A little bit to talk about there. But the bulk of this episode is going to be the fray when we give you the Ready, Set, Pwn Power Rankings. These power rankings are what you can take to the bank to maybe win yourself an extra token from your best friend that you bet and they can buy you a skin that you already have. Dude, it's like worth that. at least 100 tokens, right? <laughs> hey, 100 tokens is serious money. I mean, you've, you've seen how much it costs to buy them. Ugh, I, I have three tokens on my PlayStation account. That'll, that'll be an ongoing topic. You're going to have to do a lot of Overwatch League watching to boost yourself up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the power ranking is, uh, is going to be great. It's uh, totally based on facts, but entirely speculative. It's uh, entirely subjective, but completely true. It's going to be great. Yeah, we had our advanced team, advanced <laughs> stats team go through all the analytics and all that kind of stuff. Wait, wait, sorry. We were supposed to base those on facts? <laughs> like, Dude, you I, didn't check the Corsi? No, I did not check the Corsi. I, I relied uh, pretty much on whether or not they looked like, you know, good owl players. And, you know, I have the owl sense to determine uh, 
my picks. But well, gro- uh, grooming is an important part too. So it is, it is. But before we get to the power rankings, let's talk a little bit about your Vancouver Titans. Moving the payload. Join me. As we exclusively shared on the previous episode, that bonus episode we threw your way, the Vancouver Titans Discord is official to get there if you're not already there. And I think most of you are, but I mean, you know, there might be a few of you aren't. It's discord.gg slash Titans. Join myself, Sam, and Omni talking about the Titans with a whole lot of other Titans fans. Now, I do want to also talk about the Ready, Set, Pwn Discord, because someone asked me, hey, you know, Chris, are you keeping it? We are. I mean, the Ready, Set, Pwn Discord is meant for the podcast, so we can have sort of a nice quiet space to converse, because I can assure you, when the season actually picks up full time, the Titans Discord will be lit. So, if you want a quiet space, RSP is the place to be. If you want to get in with all the noise, Titans is where it's going to be at. But the other huge news, which again, I can't say we're exclusively sharing with you, although we were one of the first to go and tell you it's happening, uh, the most most of the Titans are currently in Los Angeles, gentlemen. They arrived on the 4th. And Twilight's there too. <laughs> Does he have a jersey? Do we know if Twilight gets a jersey? Like, can, can he get one or... <laughs> Or is is he gonna wear like you know you know one of those like yellow pennies or something? Uh, from sources that I can reveal yet, apparently he's gonna play like shirtless. That's why there's no jersey at all. Uh, ah, it's the the new stage one uh, bonus round shirts and skins. Right, gotcha. Inspired by Adam Levine, <laughs> <laughs> which you know ended up that way at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Speaking of super, though, did either of you get a chance to see the team house? Like, there were pictures on social media, Facebook and Instagram, for a period of time. Did you get to see any of that? The video, the pictures? I actually managed to see that on time. It looks uh, flipping epic. It's huge. It looks ready to go. They have a bunch of uh, computers there in the game room. They have the treadmills. They have a huge kitchen. They have a place where they can play a little bit of air hockey, from what I've gathered, or, or ping pong to, you know, put some elbow grease before they go in uh, heavy into that Overwatch uh, league grind. Uh, it looks amazing. They were happy. They were just walking around the house excited, uh, made videos, maybe sharing a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a, a pretty cool place. I mean, it's got a, a good uh, you know view of of Los Angeles, so it's higher up. It's got a nice vista. Uh, you've got you know lots of space, like as you say, huge kitchen, you know, huge gaming area. It's got a, a fully stocked gym. Uh, they have like a home theater with the projector and screen. Uh, there was a pool table, uh, ping pong table, table table center, uh, air hockey. Uh, the area that I was most interested in was actually in the backyard, the pool uh, with the little basketball hoop that uh, apparently <laughs> might have been a figment of Sam's imagination. Uh, yeah, because the pictures disappeared, right? But there was a did. pool and a pool table. I yeah. saw that too, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it looks, does look pretty cool. Now, if you did not get a chance to see the team house yet, I imagine the Titans will probably share something more official at some point. Uh, but the reason all of that stuff got pulled down was that um, uh, uh, the uh, the boys in blue, green, and white may have gone and disclosed the location of said place in their uh, eagerness. So 
As you know, fans. Uh-oh. Yeah, it happens. Well, uh, dude, I didn't it's get like a, a mansion, right? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's and I think it uh, it's been used before um, for another esports or. Yeah, well, you're right. We'll probably get an official nice video. Uh, we can expect it by the end of uh, stage three, probably. Yeah. Next now, year, right? now, now, I, I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to get the exclusive invite. We'll get flown down on the charter. We'll get the, you know, <laughs> the, the tour. They might, you know, might even have a meal for us there. We will get to hang with the team, right? Because you know, who else other than Ready Set Palm? Yeah, you, I'll play some pool down. basketball. I'm down with that. Yeah, yep. I'll um, even they, do a live podcast for you. Oh. Well, see, everything that you do, you do for the listeners. Of course. The sacrifice. Speaking of doing things for the listeners, the other item that we talked about briefly on the last episode was the chance that there will be a viewing party for the Vancouver Titans. Now, I have since learned there will be viewing parties. Now, the specifics, again, haven't yet been locked down. We're of the strong belief that there will be a, an official viewing party you know, put on by the Vancouver Titans. Um, everything that we're hearing whisper-wise suggests that that's the case. I would imagine it'll be in a familiar location, though again, I can't share any specifics. And it is possible such a party may have some form of uh, you know, limit to capacity, because again, you can only fit so many people into a certain particular space. Therefore, if you are interested in possibly attending said official viewing party should it happen you need to ensure you're following at vancouver titans twitter account as well as the ready set pwn twitter account because those are the two accounts that are going to get you that information as quick as possible now that said i have it on extremely good authority there will be at least a second viewing party and again as soon as we get those details i will share the specifics though i've already alluded to the fact that there will be viewing parties at the Railway Club in downtown Vancouver. Uh, Omni's, you know, favorite haunt. In fact, I think his picture is up on the wall. You're uh, so popular there. More than one. Yeah. Well, I mean, Don't you sense. perform on Wednesdays? <laughs> yeah, I should be there right now, but I decided to stay here for the pod. True. Yeah, that's, that's that again. You do it for the listeners, but uh, we will share as much as we know when we know it. Um, we won't necessarily have a special episode to breaking break that news to you. But again, you follow the Ready Set Pwn Twitter account, ReadySetPwn.com. Uh, all of us on Twitter, the official account. Uh, if you're part of the Discord, trust me, it'll be all over social. And as a segue as to how you, our, our listeners, the fans of the Vancouver Titans, can stay, you know, engaged with the team. Well, there is a supporters group that's being uh, spun up called the Rain City Runners. Now, the Rain City Runners is actually the go-to supporters community for all supporters of the Vancouver Titans across the world. Whether you've been cheering the roster on since their time on Runaway, or if you hopped on board the hype train when the Overwatch League announced the Vancouver expansion team, as I did, you know, Really, Rain City Runners is going to be at the heart of it all. Now, they're going to be hosting events. They're going to be engaging with fans across the world. They're going to be keeping the hype train loaded with fuel as we all enter that second season of Overwatch League and the first season for your Vancouver Titans. So, please, stay tuned to us here at Ready, Set, Pwn, as well as through the uh, Rain City Runners uh, channel and the official Discord server for some awesome things coming from RCR. So, let's take a very, very quick break because... I think everyone wants to know what we're going to talk about in the fray. 
As we talked about at the top of this episode, we went and performed some scientific analysis. We looked into a variety of source material. We tossed a whole lot of information into a computer and we used artificial intelligence to come up with the ready, set, poem power rankings. Uh, unless you were me who just went through the list and looked for the players that, you know, <laughs> or had the most owl sense and then proceeded to rank their teams accordingly. <laughs> but how, yeah, how many names do I recognize on this roster? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's don't know them. It. Don't know that team. <laughs> but no, in, in, in seriousness, the three of us went and evaluated all of the teams. So all 20 we went through and we started to go and take a look at for the existing franchises, you know, their play last season, whether they improved uh, or possibly, uh, you know, downgraded themselves through the course of the off season. We evaluated the expansion teams. We took a look at the players and the organizations that they're putting together. We've taken a look at uh, some of the things that we've been, you know, learning about as we approach the season and, you know, applying all of those factors, we went and individually cast our top one through 20. We then took each individual list of one through 20 and started to average those ranks out. We then got together, performed a little more magic, a little more analysis, and broke it down even more to the point that of all 20 teams, we had 19 ranks. That's how deep of an analysis we went. There was only one tie, which we'll talk about as we get there, <laughs> that we may have, you know, cooked the books a little in the favor of one particular team over another. But again, <gasps> yeah, I mean, hey, this is this is a podcast. We can do what we want. But what we're going to do is we are going to break this down from the bottom to the top by starting with the group that we would classify as being out of the playoffs. So that would be teams 20 through 13. Those who would be classified as being potentially in the wild card, that would be your teams 12 through to uh, 7. And those who are the classified playoff contenders, and those are teams 6 through 1. Now, the other qualification, these are our stage 1 power rankings. We can appreciate that there is going to be a lot that's going to occur stage by stage throughout the season, and we will revisit these rankings as the stages go on. We've also further taken those three classifications and broke it down a little more, which we'll talk about as we get there. But boys, did I miss anything? I think you need a PhD to follow along. Well, we're going to have supporting material available released through social and on the blog when this episode goes live. So you can go and actually see everything that we just said. Empowered by science. (laughs) And this is where we would plug in our supposed sponsor, right? So that could be powered by Gillette. (laughs) (laughs) You know, company man. Sponsorship opportunity. If you're listening, let's make it happen. We're open. So let's start at the bottom. Now, again, the three of us went through, we went and allocated, uh, we applied science, we applied AI, and 
you know, universally, I would suggest that we pretty much had an idea who was going to be, you know, out of the playoffs, or at least sort of that that bottom segment. Now, do we dare share the tier name for what we felt was going to be at the uh, <laughs> the bottom of the standings? I think we owe it to our listeners. Yeah, that, these are the teams that we labeled as reported for throwing. And there are two teams reported for throwing. So, without further ado, number 20 is... Bang! The Washington Justice. Surprise, surprise. You know, when we went through, um, I had him at the bottom of the list. Uh, Sam, you had him at the bottom of the list. Uh, Omni, you were a little nicer. Right, right, right. Um, I think... Well, this team, again, uh, I ranked them personally 18th, so not much better than you guys, but... <laughs> I think that everything needs to go well. Per- everything needs to be perfect for this team to be uh, more than one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, is Wizard Hyong and Janos is Wizard Hyong, the self-proclaimed genius. Can he do this magic with a, a more uh, a weaker roster than what we had? One what he had in, with New York Excel. We saw some uh, issues with uh, jobs that were promised and then taken away. A lot, a lot of uh, weird signs early from the get-go that might be troublesome down the road, and especially uh, in the first stage for our dear Washington Justice. And, uh, you know, for me, one of the reasons why I had them so low is the fact that on paper, there are a whole lot of spare parts, and there's already talk about budget issues, which, you know, might not seem like a huge deal, they're an expansion franchise. Of course, there'll be growing pains. But beyond was wrong, I'm not sure where I can go and say, yeah, I can see success coming from the squad. Well, yeah, when you're when the most talked about member of the team is the coach, uh, I think that kind of says it all, right? I mean, mm-hmm. given and and I think this is a precursor to all the rankings. Half these teams were just judging completely on paper, right? We'd never seen them play together or anything like that, but. But just on paper is what we have to do the rankings at, and somebody has to finish last, right? Um, but I think for all three of us, if I can cheat a little bit ahead there, we, we had the same three teams ranked 18 through 20, and you could do a coin toss for all three. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's a good point, because what did we have coming in for 19? We had the Chengdu Hunters coming in at 19. Now, not all three of us had the Hunters at 19, but the average was there. And then the 18th team, who is not being reported for throwing, and we'll talk about what that tier name will be in a moment, was the Florida Mail. So we had Justice at the bottom, just above them was the Hunters, just above them were the Mayhem. Now I think the Mayhem might be the team where uh, people might say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, you know, yeah, they had a they had a rough, you know, season one, they're turning things around. But why, why, did, uh, why did we have them so low? Um, I guess I'll start with, with mine is like they individually, like if you look at their DPS line, say a player to they're fine. They didn't really translate to much success last year. And I think the other weird thing was, I think Florida mayhem was well known when they began as, as the, the misfits roster. Right. And that's, that's a funny name now that we think about it. Right. Since they did play like they misfit all year long. Um, but they've changed the, to almost an entirely Korean roster. Um, outside of Tavik, uh, 
which is which was something they said they wouldn't do and it and and the kind of the meme that's going on out there is they kept Tavik so they could keep that promise. Um <laughs> but but it just seems like another one of those, like you said, mismanagement. Like I was just loading noticing on on Reddit on the competitive Overwatch that the president of the Mayhem is already doing like AMAs and stuff like that because I think they realize they're losing their fan base already. Right. This team was uh they they needed to make a change and I and I uh give them credit for uh going all the way and kind of revamping the roster. But with the pieces that we do know, uh, yeah, say a player is a great player, a great DPS, but some of the pieces they have acquired, Zephyr, our uh, notorious uh, scrim god, never actually proved himself uh, during Owl Season 1. He was one of the worst off tanks, in my opinion, during that year. Uh, they got apply from their uh, academy team, also a good move. But throughout the team, you can compare the rosters uh, to the other teams and there's not there's just not enough talent across the board in my opinion i completely agree i will admit i am still a little bit curious about the you know the korean roster plus to like it just we we've seen how language barriers have impacted other teams ability to communicate and it took time for them to establish that, you know, understanding of each other's game style so that there was the, uh, or there wasn't always that need for verbal communication because you could start to predict, you know, your, your, your teammates actions. Um, I do want to sort of, you know, give some airtime to the Chengdu hunters because we sort of skipped over them. Um, the Chengdu hunters is sort of a curious case for me. Here you have a team of, you know, essentially, you know, Chinese overwatch players. So language shouldn't be an issue. Individually, there are a number of good players, but essentially what is out on them is that their style of play, in the Chinese Overwatch style, may not be as conducive to what you see in the Overwatch League where it is sort of the quote-unquote North American uh, play style. And I think for, for me, it's that unknown that had me sort of identify this group as being you know, bottom of the pile. Uh, right. I personally had them 20th. I have uh, very bad like flashbacks from uh, Shanghai Dragons uh, roster from last year, including the coach that they got from Shanghai and uh, everything about this kind of looks like a looming disaster in my opinion, because they have a Chinese, I, I give them credit again for being brave and putting out a fully Chinese team. They're one of the only two teams that don't have even a single Korean player on the roster. But like Shanghai last year, they don't have the best Chinese players in the league, right? They're not they don't have Gushui, they don't have Crystal, they don't have Eileen. They do have some good pieces there with um Yves Letal. Um it was a great support during the World Cup for China. And they have uh Yves Letal, I think. <laughs> I have uh, no idea. Correct. That's the why. <laughs> uh, yeah and uh right what, what else did i want to say there there's some issues with jichiren or if that's how you pronounce his name their tank and again they have two PUBG pros who didn't play professional overwatch for like a year a lot of it kind of seems off to me uh hopefully they prove me wrong obviously we we don't really know what's going to be uh starting with the season maybe they'll surprise us all but for me uh they're at the bottom of the barrel 
I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they will be better than last year's Shanghai Dragons. They will have learned <laughs> from them, so, and they will get a win this yeah, season. That's all they need. One win, and it's, you know, 100% better than what the, the Dragons were to accomplish. It's infinitely better. <clears throat> um, joining the Florida Mayhem in the GG Easy tier, and this is another uh, you know, playoffs group, are also... The Canadian Expansion Cousins, Toronto Defiant, coming in at number 17, as well as the Boston Rising coming in at number, uh, or sorry, Boston Rising number 17, and the Toronto Defiant at number 16. Sorry, I'm getting them all mixed up here because I'm looking at six different windows because, again, science. Um, (laughs) First of all, I I, I don't like how you said GG Easy. Why not just say it was an honor to play with you all? Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> uh, mommy says it's time to go to bed now exactly <laughs> i need a dog so 17 uh boston uh anybody wants to wants to talk a little bit about boston and why we had them uh so low well i wrote lost striker lost dream casper although that was you know well deserved uh lost mistakes and i lost interest um personally but I don't know. Like Boston was one of those teams. If we were doing these rankings a year ago, we were throwing them. They they were like the Washington Justice, right? Like a bunch of people who who might be good, seems kind of young, and then they they surprised a lot of people. So I have them in this kind of just below playoff tier, especially for the for the I guess the first quarter, because I feel like they'll they'll win one or two games, keep things interesting, and kind of just. Like I said, we'll we'll lose interest in terms of the overall league. Of course, Boston fans will continue to support Boston, but just and in terms of us being fans of the Overwatch League overall, it's just one of those teams that you easily forget about. Yeah, and I I think for me, I and mean, you've you've raised all the the points that I would have would have shared. But what did Boston do to get better? Like, is is there anything that we can say? Ah, you know what? That's a positive because. I don't see it. And I actually struggled with having them where I had them just because of that. It it just, I think I'm thinking back to season one saying, okay, you know, a team that was able to go and put together that there's some experience there that counts for something. But again, Mm -hmm. what is it that they did that improved? Did they get Super Bowl rings? (laughs) Maybe they should. Does that factor into things? Like we just get Tom Brady to pep talk them out. Yeah, I'm well, just not eating strawberries. You know how how's uh, Tom Brady at uh, DPS? Uh, Any word? I don't know. They might need to sub him in at this point. They've like I said, I listed all their DPS that moved on. I I actually can't remember just off. I don't have the screen open. Who's who the the uprisings DPS are this yeah. year? They're gonna have two uh, rookies with color he- uh, color hex uh, coming in from uh, New Zealand and Blase from from the US. So they're unproven, obviously. So nothing really pops out as an improvement. And also another layer to this, I'm really, really concerned with teams that had some issues with mismanagement, disgruntled players that just uh, ran away from the team. They lost their head coach. I'm actually not really sure if they do have a head coach at this point. So with whatever happened there, we don't really know because everything was kind of like we got um, one side of the story from Huck, one side of the story from... uh, uh, people who were part of that organization, but there was a lot of smoke, and that bodes uh, that bodes really uh, a lot of trouble for the Boston Uprising. Uh, whenever you have these uh, internal issues that don't have anything to do with the game itself, exactly. Well, 
hopefully our listeners all the way out there in the, what is it called? The six aren't too upset that we have uh, the last team that needs a hug being the Toronto Defiant coming in at 16th. Um, thoughts on Toronto Defiant. Like why, why don't we have them higher? Like, why do we have them where we have them? I guess we don't know much about their team. We They have a bunch of good uh, pl- uh, management staff there. They have the guy from uh, Winston's lab, a lot of smart analytics people on their team. They have uh, Ivy, Envy, and Neko, who might be the veterans, or, or well, and, uh, outside of Ivy, obviously, who, who's uh, who's making, um, who looks like a potential DPS carry player, and Envy and Neko, who showed uh, some glimpses of brilliance in the past. But we don't really know much about that team. This is one of the teams that we had like all over the board. We had them. Uh, I see that um, uh, Chris, you had them at thirteen. I had mm-hmm. them at sixteen. So we can't really know much about that team. I guess it's the unknown factor with the with Toronto defined. It, it can be a good team. It can be a surprising team, like Boston uh, was last year when everybody thought they would be a bottom of the barrel kind of team, and then they surprise us all through you know. Uh, basically doing that money ball approach towards Overwatch. Uh, maybe that's what they're up for, uh, for a surprising results in uh, season two. And yeah, I think that's exactly it. Like their, their identity. I question that. Like what, what is like, what are they really, really good at and what are they going to be known for? It's not that it's not that they're not good at anything. I just don't know. And that for me was the, the problem I had. There's a lot of question marks. And so the money ball reference, I think holds true here. When, uh, for those who actually don't know what the Moneyball reference is about, essentially it's about the uh, <clears throat> Major League Baseball's Oakland Athletics and their approach early on to analytics in sports, specifically in baseball. And the idea was is that you can apply analytics in such a way that gets you the right players that can do the right things to get you where you need to go, which was extremely different than sort of the way baseball looked at things. Well, think about how Overwatch League is working. Analytics is huge, but we don't necessarily see too many of the teams uh, applying the, I don't know, Moneyball format. We need a better word for Moneyball when it comes to Overwatch. Like, should we call it, like, you know, Money Torb or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> and I I feel the, the Defiant, which I just want to let our listeners know who live in the six, I had them higher than what the overall rank was, although I still had them on the playoffs. It's just that I don't know where to put them. It was it was almost like throwing a dart on a dartboard. Sure, and if they do well, we'll happily admit our mistakes, although it's always good to hate on Toronto teams and Boston teams as, as Vancouver. But that's, that's what we got right now, right? Yeah. In the tier above, this is the quote-unquote upside tier. We have the Atlanta Reign at 15, the Guangzhou Charge at 14, and the Paris Eternal at 13. Um, when we look at that, of those three teams, is any one of those in the wrong spot? Ooh, they might be. Uh, this was maybe one of the hardest tier to uh, look at here. We have a bunch of teams that have uh, a lot of question marks, but they have the potential to really pop off, hence the term upside. <laughs> so on Paris, we see players like Soon, Cruz, Ben Best, who I really like. But the rest of the team is a lot of unknowns. I, I'm not sure how good their uh, support line. Shadowburn in a really critical year to prove himself. Is he still... Uh, God tier Genji like he used to be in the past. We don't know. 
Same can, can be said about Guangzhou Charge. They have this super international uh, roster. Uh, it can go really well, like we saw a Philadelphia Fusion in the past. They brought in a bunch of players from, well, they have Kib from the UK. They have uh, American players on the roster. They have Eileen, uh, who can be like a superstar in this league. And Atlanta, well, they have a bunch of uh, unknown players. Uh, this uh, Defran, I believe his name is, right? Mm, right. I'm wrong. <laughs> I've, never, I've so, never heard of him. <laughs> for these teams, it can either go really, really well or really, really bad. And honestly, I think these are the teams that will be kind of unstable in a way. They might go up and down. They might pop off and beat your NYXLs of the league or your mm-hmm. San Francisco Shocks one day, and then they would go ahead and lose to the Justice, right? That's what I get from these teams, really. Anything to add there, Sam? Took the words out of my mouth again. But I think, I think I guess more specifically, we, we mentioned Eileen. I think he's really underrated. I think people slept on him because... I, I guess Chinese Overwatch players are kind of getting a bad rap, but he he is an aim god. Um, and if you surround him with the right team, that's that's when we see these these masterful DPS really pop off. Is because they're they're getting supported and they're getting healed and they're getting pocketed. Um, for Atlanta, I know everybody will be looking at Defran, but the Element Mystic tank line is a uh, uh, with pop. Pockpo. I, I almost read it the other way around with Popco. Pockpo. <laughs> And yeah, I can't even pronounce it. And I typoed <laughs> the other guy, but but that tank line I think will be pretty strong. And uh, we we mentioned with with the Shanghai Dragons uh, comparison earlier. I think what's really important are those are those tank lines. And Shanghai struggled with that for a very long time. So that's somewhere where I'm now that I'm just speaking it out loud and speaking it into existence. I might have bumped Atlanta just a little bit, but you know it's early. See, in, in that group, the the one that I, I struggle with where they are is Atlanta. Now, I have Atlanta lower. Um, and this, it was more like uh, high risk, high reward. I think right. Atlanta has a lot of potential, but all it takes is, and I, I don't know how to describe it any, way, any differently. A lot of upside. You know, Defran to have his XQC moment. <laughs> and things can go real, real bad, real quick. And I don't mean to to say the XQC moment. It's just that that was what we saw happen uh, in season one. Um, Defran will have his own moment, and and we've we've seen him having moments, and the season hasn't even started. So <laughs> that to me can be so disruptive that it could potentially derail that team, especially early on in the season. And if I can add a note about the Defran situation, I actually like how they started. It sounds like a crazy uh, notion for me because he did quit Overwatch League for uh, for like 24 hours there. But I think that players like Defran or XQC, super talented, they can be great players. And what XQC lacked, in my opinion, the Dallas Fuel, and I don't mean to like uh, criticize them too much. They were my team, like a full disclosure during season one. I think the team kind of... Uh, threw him under the bus, so to speak. He wasn't really banned from Overwatch League, but he didn't have the proper support there. They were like, okay, dude, you're doing all this trouble for us, and our season has already started pretty badly, and they just like let him go. While in Atlanta, the head, the head coach, he already has a history of Defran. He knows him, and apparently 
the moment he saw that tweet, he reached out to him and he talked to him a bunch of times and then everything was like settled down. So like a player like Defran needs that kind of support, right? He's a super talented player, but but all of us are people, all of us have like different issues and not everybody of us, like we don't all handle pressure uh, equally. So I like... I like the early signs of Atlanta actually trying hard in, in keeping that roster intact. And he's marketable, right? So I think that's that's something that the league has to focus on is, yes, you want to set standards and things like that, but you like, like Life Force and I have been watching, you know, so many sports forever and we're, we're fed up or fed so many times with the same kind of droning responses of lack of personality from players. I'm going to give it a 100%. Yeah. The team's going to come yeah. and give it Both teams all. played hard, right? So. It's a great point. It happens in all traditional sports, too. We have those problematic sort of characters. Not not really problematic, but, you know. Uh, They're different. People, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And, like, that's, that, that to me is, is signs of something interesting to watch, right? Because, I mean, why do we have a podcast here pre-pre-pre-season, right? Like, because the people, the teams, the structures, those are interesting. Um, and and so, like, they, the league itself really has to find a way to tap into it and turn it into a positive for, for Overwatch overall. Um, and that's, I feel like, is one of, one of the big challenges. Right. Fair enough. So... We have now transitioned out of the world of missing the playoffs into the wild card. And our next group of three teams are in the tier that we have called Mediocre City. Now, (laughs) up to this point, those of you who have been following along have probably been wondering where the heck a particular team has gone. Because shouldn't they be a lot lower? Well, guess who comes in at number 12? It's the Shanghai Dragons. So that means that they're going to get at least one win to come in the 12th spot. Probably two, right? At least. And, you know, I it's funny. When we when we look at sort of where we individually rank the, the Dragons, I had the Dragons at 12, uh, Omni, you had them at 10, and Sam had them come at 12. And the way averages and science worked out, 12 spot was the one that they ended up getting. And that, to me, seems quite fair in fact, you could almost argue that that puts the Shanghai Dragons into an underdog role, considering there is potential for them to be even better than that. Right. 11.33 is the accurate rank. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, agree. I totally agree with you. It's it's my uh, expansion team, really, It's uh, for me, except for, uh, is it Dia and Giguri are the only ones who are... Yep. Who, remain from the previous uh roster yeah it's kdp our uh long uh, uh fought against rival from uh contenders korea minus two of their best players hence why they're not in the same tier like some uh podcast try there was a host it's a personal uh pet peeve of mine i won't be naming any names but he said like okay you have the titans you have uh uh, the dragons and they fought pretty equally, so therefore they are the same. And they're not because Shanghai Dragons is KDP minus two of their best players. You can compare them to the Titans if you take like uh, Twilight or Samensu or, or whatever. If you take two of the best players on Vancouver Titans, then it's comparable. Which is unfortunate that they had to lose these people, but I guess it was pretty expensive to get all the squad. But these are very talented people, they know what they're doing. They have Diem join, joining them as well, 
who's uh, the the long lost uh, best friend of Carpe, and <laughs> we're gonna we're we're not gonna hear the end of it of of the Carpe Diem that jokes. Was I'm such sure. A weird, weird story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I'm, I'm obviously they're underdogs because they started 0 and 40. Uh, nobody is gonna. I think we have the first game against Shanghai Dragons. That is correct. That is correct. Oh, that that's that's scary. Nobody wants to be that first team that's gonna lose to Shanghai, even though it's the, a different team entirely. But nobody wants that on their record, right? Yeah, yeah, no, Shanghai is the second game, one. right? Yeah. If I remember correctly, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Shanghai, yeah, number two. So technically speaking, it could be the Titans, but you're right; it may have already happened. Yeah, um, yeah, and and actually, selfishly, I had heard about you know how Shanghai is a completely different team; they're going to be much better. From the few rankings that I did see, um, a lot of people kind of I felt like they they uh, overextended the other way on the dragons because they were so bad last year that it's like, Oh, they're so much better this year. Kind of just bump them up in the top 10. And I kind of selfishly kind of wanted to bump them lower. But as I saw, you know, as I looked down the roster and I saw you know, <coughs> more research, it's like, this is like most of KDP's team. And, you know, Gagori's still there. Um, Dia kind of basically made them even somewhat competitive for many parts of last year. Um, like I realized, Hey, like maybe some of it is deserved. So that's kind of why that, that kind of middle slot works all for me. Mm-hmm. Well, for spots 11 and 10, we got to take ourselves all the way down to Texas. Cause that's, we got the Dallas fuel at 11. We got the Houston outlaws at 10. Now I think <clears throat> all things being equal, we had the Houston outlaws in that spot, but the one that seemed to be a little bit more, you know, out of the ordinary was the, uh, the Dallas fuel. Now, we do have the Dallas Fuel at number 11, and I actually had them higher. I had the Dallas Fuel at number 8. Now, you might suggest to me, Chris, it's not a huge gap, and you're right, it's not. But see, to me, Dallas is a team that has a lot of talent that if it were to become a cohesive unit, could have a lot of success. Plus, I'll be honest, I got a soft spot for Jane. Mm-hmm. I like Jane, and I think he can do some good things down there, uh, bringing that team together. So I, I had them higher. But, again, science, we have them at number 11. And then the outlaws at number 10. So what do we want to talk about when it comes to Texas? I totally get the issue with uh, having Dallas uh, that low. They are we're, we're starting to get to the, to the area here where teams have – top five players at their, at their position. And I honestly think that OG is a top five uh, main tank in, in, in the league and Anko might be a top five uh, flex support in the league. And we have Effect who uh, looks to be um, destined to have a, a great um, return to form season. But Dallas, uh, I can't see them. They have to prove themselves that they can beat for example, the Houston Outlaws, who always had their number. They seem to be driven by emotions a lot last season. Hopefully that changes now with the new management. They finished the season strong with Season 4 playoff appearance. I still like that team. I hope for the best for them. And, yeah, they can only go up from their previous season for sure. If you want to, like, talk a little bit about why you had them a little bit higher than than some other teams, feel free to to, uh, chime in. I think I had them right at 11 and I think it's uh 
I, I think you're correct is they are emotion driven and that has a lot to do with uh Taimu, right? Um I think he he is kind of the identity of their team where wherever kind of you know when he pops off they they do well. When he kind of just does mediocre, they right. they sit back, right? But it's one of those things where judging by rosters alone and and it, it's really meta because as we're talking about the power rankings, I'm realizing how much they suck because if I was doing this with you guys last year, I would have the Soul Dynasty and the Dallas Field in the finals, um, mm-hmm. right? And and I wouldn't have been ridiculous or out of line or being being crafty yeah. or anything. It was a it was a popular opinion, um, and and so it's just it's just one of those things where the season's longer. Uh, Owl is really a different beast. What kind of beast it is, we we don't really know, um, but. I could easily see them moving up to, to top five and I could easily see them slipping down to 15. Yep. Oh, and looking at my notes before I finish, I forgot to mention the fact that I think that they lost their third best player actually in season one, who was Siegel. He was so good for them in so many of the stages and a really underrated player with obviously a very successful streamer, but he was actually really, really good for them. And I, I think they're going to miss his leadership and his uh, smart adaptability and, and, quick uh, the ability to learn heroes so fast and adapt to new metas and now with the gap that they have in the flex uh, dps uh role is kind of a concern for me now <coughs> I, I shouldn't be remiss um i said we had houston relatively at the same spot but see i guess i keep forgetting mr sam off the board <laughs> who had the outlaws all the way up in the sixth spot i just I, think they'll have a great great first quarter um like i said it was they they were the super up and down team when they were on and and even when they're on it's always going to be those like best of five go to game five type wins but they were able they were able to close out in in some of the some of the parts of the season and i just think at least at least in the first first quarter they're gonna have a good quarter like they most of their team is coming back i think they they cut a couple of people off that really weren't getting many minutes anyway. Right, right. Um, and they added Dante, who was pretty good last year. So that can only be a plus. So, so like they're, they're solid all throughout. So I don't necessarily think they will be a, I don't, I don't know, but I don't necessarily think they might be a playoff team over the whole season, but at least for a strong start, I think they'll, they'll be there. And, and yeah, I think I think you're right. You kind of convinced me here. I I can see them going strong out the door. They have the synergy from last year, and I can see that during uh, stage one, they're they're going to be good in the in uh, the goats meta for sure. They have good tanks on the roster, and I think they're going to be playing well. But I can see them drop off fairly quickly as 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 uh, the expansion teams get a better feel for the for the league as the meta evolves. But totally correct, I think, on that call for uh, stage one. Well, the te- three teams that we had in the top of the wildcard classification, the tier that we call the Pretenders, but we've got <laughs> in the ninth spot, the Hangzhou Spark, in the eighth spot, a Los Angeles Valiant, and in the seventh spot, the Seoul Dynasty, and let's hear <laughs> Sam. Now, let's start with the Hangzhou Spark. So here we have another expansion franchise and we've actually given them uh, you know a serious score looking at the Hangzhou Spark um, you know I had them lowest but only a spot below uh, uh, Omni had it a spot above and then Sam broke the tie and so ultimately that's why they came in at nine so uh, <laughs> tell me why do we feel that this team is going to be as successful as they are the monkey 
<laughs> yeah, good call, good call. <laughs> that, I think that's what we're all thinking is is uh, Gushi, Gushu? Gushwe. Gushwe? Yeah. I got him teaching me Chinese now. Um, he he killed it at uh, at the World Cup, and I think that's what we're all basing it off of. And and he's joined by uh, Crystal, is it? I think yeah. it's Crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a whole bunch of contenders leaders in that team as well. So at least on paper, um, it, it looks good. Uh, one of the things that we chatted a little bit about earlier is, is this idea of the multilingual comms. I think that's going to be one of the, the startling points for a lot of these teams that we're talking about is, can they figure it out? Um, kind of creeping a little bit ahead, but I know, um, what's his name from the gladiators. One of his big strengths was he was able to communicate. Um, I can see his face. I can't remember his Bishu. Bishu. Exactly. One of his strengths was, was he was able to communicate in Korean and English fluently. And that was like a big, big deal for them. Um, personally, I don't really understand it because like when you hear them in game talk, they're saying like Genji low tracer left tracer, right? Uh-huh. Like, is, is it really that hard? But um, I, I have to take their word for it. Right. So that's one of the things where a lot of these teams could shift up, shift down. Um, so, so the nine spot feels about right for the spark. Yeah. You should remember Gushu, uh, Bishu's name. He's from Vancouver, I believe. Yeah, he is. He's our boy. I, I, know, him, I know him as Aaron, right? So <laughs> from down the block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aaron from down the block. Yeah. Sam, Sam used to hang out and eat chicken nuggets. Here. <laughs> um, I actually want, so with the Hangzhou spark, I actually want to share uh, sort of a comment that I think sort of, uh, personifies my feelings about them. It's actually from a, uh, a blog, <clears throat> Hammer's Thoughts. And uh, he has, uh, or has this written, is that you get the most terrifying mix of individuals of the league. And I think that when you look at this, there is, there is, there is so much sort of rough potential here that you could almost suggest that where we've put them is probably a little low. Might be, but I, I think where where we're looking is that we start to see the teams as we get into the playoffs, which will be there, you know, in a short moment. And it's tough to say that they're okay on paper, better than any of them. Yeah. Last note about Gushue, I think every few years we get a player who kind of shows us a new thing about a hero that we all thought we knew that what that hero can do. And from looking at his stats or what he was able to do in the qualifiers or the World Cup, he had he was in top five, I believe, uh, eliminations or was it like uh, last hits or whatever. And you could see that all the players above him, not that far off, they were your Fletas, they were your superstar DPS. And then you have this monkey player, this Winston player. So I have strange like Jonek vibes, like what Jonek did for, for uh, Zenyatta. I believe that that's what Gushua is for for Winston. And I'm scared that he has Miro vibes. So (laughs) (laughs) that's the other side of the coin. Yeah. Well, Miro had his prime where he was terrifying, but right now it's, it's Gushua's time to shine. Yeah. Number eight, Los Angeles Valiant. Is it too soon to suggest they are (laughs) falling from grace? I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> the the LA Valiant, I actually I had them a little higher. Um, but I part of me I think had again 
I'm a, I'm a Canadian, so I start to, you know, maybe become emotional in my picks. Um, I, I went through a little uh, love their way. I think they'll potentially be good. I mean, you've got, well, you've, you've lost soon, but I, I, I do feel that they're, they have the ability to um, fill that loss. I'm trying to think what's, um, ah, man, this is what happens when I, yeah, you have agilities there, right? But then you also have a, have a bunny Bunny. on the tracer. Bunny is who I was <clears throat> and so I think there there is the ability to to flex over, uh, but again, I mean, when I when I look at sort of our our rankings here, um, you know, Ani had had the, uh, the valiant a little bit lower, and then uh, oh, geez, man, Sam even lower in that. But ultimately, you know, against science, we have them at the eight spot. So what is it about the LA Valiant that we have them, you know, sort of as low as we do here? I think it's it's soon for me, but I don't I don't know for you, Omni. Again, yeah, losing soon. Uh, there's a lot of value, not just in his playing, but, but those chants and, and, and the leadership that he provides. Like some players, you know, once they pop off, the crowd gets hyped and you get energized. And a lot of pro players, some, some you know, analysts might, might, be, might frown at me for that. But, but the players themselves have always talked about it, how energized they feel, how, how different it is to playing when the lights shine brightest. And soon had that ability to stay cool and just pop off whenever uh, the Valiant were down, whenever uh, they needed a big play to happen, he was there and and, uh, and the chance followed. And I think it's very, very uh, a big loss for them to lose basically their, maybe their biggest DPS star in season one uh, going back home to Paris. Was he with, was he with the Valiant the whole season too? I can't, I can't remember off the top. He of was, that. yeah. 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 But I, th- I think, I think that's like a little bit underreported and, and I know within the players themselves, like soon gets a lot of respect. Um, Bunny's going to fill those shoes. Uh, it, it's weird because I actually really enjoy bunny because I, I love tracer and he, he's one of the best at tracer, but when he's not on tracer, when he's on widow or something else, it's not, it's not worth watching and yeah. Tracer's not meta right now. So that's why I have him pretty, pretty low. Mm-hmm. Number seven, the Soul Dynasty. Now, mm. I think of of all of the the additions that we've seen, Fisher does Fisher fit? How can he not? I mean, he's a great tank. Well, a lot of people claim that he is the best tank in the league, and I, and I can't help but agree. But he brings that baggage, man. We already hear about some issues, like at least I heard about uh, Jesse or Yexe, however you pronounce it, who is another great pickup for Soul Dynasty at support, who is a great shot caller. And now their uh, Soul is trying to scrim two versions of the roster, uh, one with uh, Fisher calling the shots and one with, with Jesse calling the shots. And I'm scared for Soul. It's it's on paper. It looks amazing. Their biggest gap, their biggest weakness during season one was was uh their tank and now they have one of the best so what can go wrong right but then you know how fisher uh can be and hopefully because he's now playing for a fully korean roster uh it'll be better for him a better spot and that's exactly why i have him number two yeah like <laughs> that was that was the wildest pick for pretty much in the whole in the all three of us um 
I think I just chose to look at only only the good sides in that you you put one of the best tanks in what is a very solid roster, and and make no mistake, tanks the tank line was why the dynasty fell. See what I did there, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got to add those sound effects in, huh? Um, but but they they clearly address that. Um, they also got rid of some of their their excess baggage. I think they did miss uh, Eska a lot last season because because like you said, like the the shot calling was an issue. They had Rujihan playing Winston like at times because their tank line was so bad. Right. But but Fisher kind of solves all those problems and and I mean like sure maybe he has attitude problems maybe he's the Dennis Rodman of, of the Overwatch League whatever. Um, but when it's time to play, he plays and he wins. Uh, usually he plays. Sorry, gladiators. Um, but but when when he kind of solidifies that middle part, and like you said, Jesse kind of brings them in finally like a decent mercy because both Toby and Jayhong seem to seem to be just not interested in playing it. Right. Um, all of a sudden, their their team goes back into that kind of, in my opinion, anyway, that top tier full Korean squad team back to those kind of glory lunatic high days because because uh, Zumba. Um, was one of the was one of the best Zaryas in the game, and his diva was also underrated. And he's still he's still there, right? Um, but with the main tank just just you know, and this is Rip to Miro dying so hard last year, um, the, nobody nobody kind of gave two thoughts about them. And we haven't mentioned Fleta at all, which is right. you know ridiculous, right? Um, so with all that being said, I think they're they got something to prove, and at least in stage one, like I have them, I'm super high on them. Yes, it's a biased pick because I, I'm a Rujehan fanboy, admittedly. Um, but but even if I take Rujehan out, and and now looking at you know the much de- lot of the depth of the roster, he might not even play at times, and that's okay. Whereas if you looked at the last year and Jehong wasn't in, like everybody on the streams was crying, like why isn't Jehong playing? Right, right. Does he hate everybody? Is he going to leave the team? Like what's going on? And he's like, no, dude, I just played seven straight games. I need a break. Um, <laughs> and and it was like that a lot. Like if he didn't play, it was there was there's no chance. Or if Fleta like didn't kill everybody, that was it. Right. Um. So so I have them high in stage one. I don't know if I'd be so bold to put them put them at number two for the whole season um but i think i think they're gonna they're coming back with a vengeance at least to to show that you know what what they're worth yeah outside of struggles with um you know with uh communications or toxicity that might loom i i have one more concern and notice you've used that word a lot in describing uh soul you used the word was a lot they Ryu Jehong was the best. Um, Anna was a great support player. Toby again, and, and I'm I'm beginning concern uh, to to be worried about the age on that team. They're one of the older teams. If you, they have still a bunch of great pieces there with uh, Fleta, of course, and I, again, they're still very high. I just have a bunch of teams that I think are going to be better. Uh, Chris, you have them the lowest, actually, from the three of us. You want to, like, discuss that a little bit? Well, so for me, I I do agree, you know, Fisher's talent, but then I have the concern over, you know, how well he'll mesh within that team. Um, And, well, when I I look at the Seoul Dynasty, the concern I have is sort of a lot of what I saw going on in, in Season 1, where there was that lack of consistency within the lineup, where they couldn't find, you know their 
quote unquote starting six, so to speak, where mm. they had defined roles where you knew who went in when, uh, in what situation. They seem to be a team based on confusion. Now, <laughs> that has me looking at season two wondering, has it been solved? And I don't know. And I'm not trying to knock that, uh, you know, someone like Fleta won't be successful. And I do think, you know, again, as I had said, Fisher brings a lot of talent, but you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't you know, allocate that talent in the roles that are best suited to them, it doesn't matter, you know, really what happens. If there's a saving grace to this, I do believe bringing in KDG will help with that. I think that adds some stability uh, to the picks that we'll see in an ultimately, you know, okay, fair enough. It could bode well. But again, the Soul Dynasty coming in, and I had them at, at nine, had more to do with the teams above than it really did with them specifically. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So we have gone through the out-of-playoff group. We've gone through the wild card group, and it's time to talk about the playoff six. Now, we are a Vancouver Titans podcast, so as you can imagine, the Vancouver Titans are in the playoffs. Let's celebrate, guys. <laughs> we heard it here first. All right. Yeah, facts are only. Yeah. And I am going to upset some people because guess what? We have the Vancouver Titans. That's right. Your Vancouver Titans at number six which is actually the bottom of the playoff group, still successful, but also the bottom of the almost there tier of three teams. Now, when we look at the rankings that we provide to the Titans, we were pretty consistent with where we thought they would be. I had them a spot lower at seven. Omni, you had them right at the uh, sixth spot. And then Sam, you had them a spot above. Now, why aren't we drinking the runaway Kool-Aid here? It's the pink flavor and everyone loves it. I want to play it safe and not start another riot. <laughs> Man, people who don't understand that reference, don't don't Google it. Don't go Google Vancouver and riot. <laughs> no, but I, I have them a little bit higher because I think I focus a little bit more on the stage one. Um, I feel like uh, they have a comparatively light schedule compared to some of the other teams kind of in that mix, and mm. that that's going to kind of give them up to a pretty good start. Um. But also, I think one of the main things about about the Titans is they they have so much flex. They they can flex on everything. Like one of the funniest things that about about I guess one of our star players, Bumper, is like he he runs support half the time, and he did like his first couple seasons, if I remember correctly. And and to have that kind of in game flex that can get you out of a crux, like that's pretty cool. Right. Uh, again, I totally agree. Uh, the fact that they are now in LA <laughs> alleviates uh, a lot of my worries about that team. I believe they're the best expansion team. Yeah, they will have good synergy out of the gates. Uh, they're very flexible towards the meta. They will be really good at the GOATS meta, I think. Even in that show match, I know it didn't really mean much against South Korea team, but they just had so much adaptability, so many good switches there. And I think they're hungry. They're hungry to prove they have a chip on their shoulder with the fact that they could, weren't picked up uh, during season one, and now they're there, and, and they expect this. They're waiting for that. 
My concerns, though, with them, like, why do I have them sixth then? Why are they not higher? I'm concerned with their thin coaching staff. Right now they have their two coaches. Uh, they have Harsha as well as an analyst. And it's a, a very thin line of coaches uh, compared to the rest of the teams. They don't have, a, like, at least an announced GM, too. So not a lot of supporting staff there. No Flowervin. And, and I alluded to that a little bit before when uh, Runaway, the current iteration of Runaway, won uh, season is it season well this the first uh, season of uh, contenders 2019 for Korea and I said well Flowerin probably has a, a lot to do with that doesn't she because now she had won twice in a row with an entirely different roster so not having her there their mom in, in quotations <laughs> might be a blow for them especially at the start and acclimation issues might occur uh, being in a new country, a lot of teams in the past coming from Korea encountered that. That might be also a crutch during uh, stage one. But again, I'm expecting great things for this team uh, right up the gates. And Harsha has to double as like their social media guy. It feels like right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got he's doing double duty. Like one of the jokes was uh was it, I think it was Pajon right at mm-hmm. at the airport. He brought him some like instant coffee. He's like it's like he's never gonna get to sleep again. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I can mention, like pretty safely say, that all the teams that I have above them, I know it's a really flexible meta now with uh, three and three, but I think all the teams that I've ranked above Vancouver have better support duos on their starting roster. Uh, we have really, really great uh, tank line, in my opinion, super supports, but our DPS line is not as good. It's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as good as the teams that we're going to, well, at least, yeah, all of us have a little bit above. Yeah, and I think we'd get called homers if we went any higher than six, and it's their very, very first stage of their very first season, right? Yeah, championship or bust. Well, but the- Hey, we can, we, still, we can still get them in the championships. Oh, yeah, you just yeah, need yeah, a spot yeah. in the table, right? I, right? It's funny you mentioned being called homers, because I originally had them in the five spot. And I bumped them down. I actually dropped them below the LAs that I had on my list because I actually thought, you know what, that's that's the home team, uh, you know, discount I'm, I'm giving them. Uh, the thing about the Titans, though, um, I think it's safe to say that you, this is probably one of the most cohesive teams in Overwatch, just because they've essentially stuck together with some added parts. There is a lot of synergy and chemistry that's already present that a lot of other teams are going to have to develop over the course of the first stage. Mm -hmm. My biggest worry is that Contenders is not OWL. And not only that, you've got a bunch of kids, and I'm allowed to call them kids because I'm old. I'm very old. (laughs) They're now coming to North America, and for some of them, that you know, will be a culture shock. So there's, there's a lot going on there that I think could potentially also impede success within, (laughs) you know, stage one. That said, we here, your Vancouver Titans podcast, have them coming at the sixth spot when there are other outfits who have absolutely no skin in the game who have them in top one, two, or three. So to me, I think we're just being conservative in our assessment. Is that fair? Absolutely. No. Well, joining your Vancouver Titans in the almost their tier is at the five spot, 
the LA Gladiators, and at the four spot, the San Francisco Shock. Now, myself and Omni, we had them swap, but we had these two teams essentially pegged right there. But then we go to Mr. Off the Board, and Mr. Off the Board, <laughs> he had them considerably lower. So, Sam, I'm going to start with you. Them being lower, is that more to do with the fact you were going off the board above, or did you have a sense that, you know, the Shock and the Gladiators, you know, weren't true playoff teams? Um. I'm not going off the board just to be off the board, but but I think if you remember correctly, I had Houston up and somebody had to fall, mm-hmm. right? And that happened to be the gladiators for me. Um I I actually don't know why I don't think of them as, as like a top tier team because because the Shaz and Big Goose I think are underrated as support teams. Um I think it has to do with their tank line. Um uh, shout out to Bishu, uh, but I I don't think he's he's like a when you look at the other flexes and the other tanks uh, that we have on the other teams in the list. I don't see him up there. Um, that's why I actually have them ranked quite low, even below the <laughs> Titans and such. I just think the Titans have a better tank line. Um, but I'd be remiss not to mention Surefor. He's been one of the most consistent stars in Overwatch. Uh, also, also you know Team Canada captain or whatever. Um, so, like I said, I feel like I should like them more, but. Because because I had the outlaws up, um, I had the shock just slightly above them. That's why I bumped them lower. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not doubting Fisher's talent here, uh, but peace of mind has a lot of value too in my eyes. I think Roar is an adequate uh, substitution, probably the best that you could find outside of the Overwatch League itself. Now add that little bonus called Decay to that package. I think they're in for a great DPS duo with Surefire and um, Decay. Uh, both super flexible, have a lot of popping off potential right when the, the lights are brightest. And um, I'm actually relieved to see them off the Shanghai Dragons and not having to fight that <laughs> entire KDP team ever again. Uh, as to the concern with the flex tank, uh, position, I think they're going to steer a little bit towards void again. He was hyped up to be that great, great, great diva talent. I think the talent is there maybe now with roar, uh, who is a less, uh, I don't know, polarizing maybe is the world, uh, the, 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 the light word to use here in describing Fisher, maybe with roar, they would synergize better. So yeah, I have them pretty high at, uh, I had them fourth and five totally for us at ready set pawn i think i think they're in for a great season really see for me um when i looked at the guys again you know sure for so they're a little maple leaf love um when i look at at their roster and i then look at the current meta you know there aren't many other teams that can simply say, "Oh, okay, let's go and put that strategy into play," and we already have all the parts. And not only that, we have all the parts that can actually hit the meta quite well. Um, DPS alone, though, and uh, is scary with the the gladiators. Um, you know the fact that you know Scherfer, hydration, uh, decay, as you pointed out, like to me, uh, that's some serious, da- serious, serious damage being dealt. So. Uh, Again, I, for me, I was it, it made sense that that the gladiators were going to to be successful. Now, and we still love Bichu, right? Yeah. So, 
Yeah, of course. Our homeboy. You can uh, you can moderate our Discord anytime with your uh, Korean English combo. <laughs> He's on the way. Yeah. Sam will yeah. buy the chicken nuggets. Uh, <clears throat> number four spot: San Francisco Shock. Now, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually be honest here. When I was doing the the numbers here, I actually had the Shock higher for a moment, and then I dropped them. And this had again everything to do with the three teams we haven't yet talked about um, and me then reevaluating like, ah, you know what? I, I don't see them being in the top three. Now <clears throat> for me, um, when I, when I look at San Francisco, I actually had, I actually had them quite frankly, you know, top two last year, start of the season. Um, for whatever reason, it didn't really pan out that way. But I, I look at their roster, and in my mind, they're probably one of the most adaptable teams within the Overwatch League, especially if we see mm-hmm. meta changing. Now, tell me I'm wrong. I don't think you're wrong. wrong. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong at all. I see uh, a lot of buffs here across the board. Uh, bringing in Krusty, who was one of the better coaches last season, is also a good buff for them. A lot of people criticize them for having, oh, it's just DPS there. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's kind of a saturated position. But having uh, Striker is is a game changer, really. I believe one of the best players in the league, in the entire league. And getting, them, getting him was a, a, a huge get for this team. And if that wasn't enough, they also got Rascal. <laughs> right. Who is actually one of the more volatile players in the league. <laughs> no, but I, th- I think you guys are bang on. I th- I, now that I kind of revisited, I probably had him a little lower than I should have. But again, I chose the Houston Outlaws. So <laughs> there you go. Now, going in to the home stretch, we've got our top three. This is the contenders tier. The number three spot we have, the Philadelphia Fusion. So, why do we have the Fusion in number three, considering what we saw from them last year? Well, I think I uh, bumped them down a little bit because they lost Joe Meister, right? So, <laughs> Well, you bumped them down to four, to be honest. Well, I- because that weird say-all uh, <laughs> pick, probably. Um, you want me to start about Philadelphia? Yeah, go for it. Well, Philly was my team to cheer for during uh, the final playoffs. I love, love, love their team. I think they have, bar none, the best DPS duo in the league. I think EQO... Everybody talks about Carpet. We all know what Carpet does. Maybe the best DPS player in the world. But EQO, man... I think he's the best non-Korean player in the league. I think he can play the most amount of heroes at the very highest levels. He's a huge shot caller for them, a great leader. Hey, he just came out of nowhere and put Shadowburn on the bench instantaneously. And he's been great for them. They have crazy resilience. They're not stable. They might lose. They're one of those teams that can have a bad week and lose to like a, a mid-level team or even below but they also have that clutch factors. And a lot of their wins came just through the craziest of holds and craziest of struggles. 
and they have this weird and you have this in traditional sports a lot of teams just have that step up moment where they go crazy way above what you might expect when the lights shine the brightest and i think that philly has that my comment for philly was three letters d p s <laughs> and right. you know i think the consistency in the roster it provides them a strength that that other teams don't have. I do see them as legit contenders. I think from a perspective of why I had them, you know, I had them at the the three spot, so I, I won because science proved me correct here. Um, <laughs> it just has to do with the fact that I wonder if we do see, you know, changes in meta if this team will be as quick to adapt as others might be. And the two that we're going to hear about above, which quite frankly, I don't think anyone would be too shocked with just have that edge at adaptability that I don't necessarily believe you, the fusion have. Yeah. And I think in the same way that we kind of said the last, the bottom three, the 20 through 18 are a coin toss. Uh, I think the one through three is also a coin toss. Um, there's no real reason for why I have them like, you know, lower or higher. It's just, that's the way the math works. Can't argue with science. Number two. So this hold your, hold your hats. London Spitfire. We have the grand champion number two. Now just to break, break down here. Uh, again, science proved me correct. Uh, I had them at number two. Omni, you had them at number three. Sam, you had them at number three. And for some reason or another, science again proves me right. Now, <laughs> in all honesty, <laughs> there was absolutely no science with this pick. I literally flipped a freaking coin. <laughs> I, yeah. I Official. I had the Excelsior, who are number one, if you haven't figured it out already, uh, and the Spitfire. <gasps> Spoilers, man. <laughs> and I flipped a coin. Um, to me, those two teams are, are the top. Like, with, with respect to the Fusion, I think the Spitfire and the Excelsior are, are, are the cream at the top of the league. And I, I had to, as I say, Resort, resort to the loony, and the loony never lies. Well, if we are discussing numbers here in science and, and how we came to get these rankings, uh, London is actually closer to Philadelphia than to New York. New York is the uh, New York has the average rank for us at one. London Spitfire is two point sixty six, and Philadelphia has a three. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, let's let's, let's talk about London here because uh, I have them. A th- at the very, very super low uh, rank of three. And frankly, this entire uh, discussion will be about why we have them so low when they are the championship. See, I don't think that automatically by winning the championship, and I got tired from all these power rankings across the internet and possibly like, well, they won the championship, so obviously <laughs> they're the best team. Well, it's that doesn't work like that. Look at their uh, record. Stage three, they're five and five. Stage four, they're four and six. They're two losses away. Listen to me. They're two losses away from missing the playoffs entirely. 
had that loss, if one of those losses had been against Seoul Dynasty, and who was the other team? Uh, another team that barely missed it out. Uh, standings, just a little second here. So making a point here, it's important. Uh, <laughs> if they lost to either Houston or Philadelphia, all it took is just one loss for this not really great team before the playoffs, before our brains were washed with the confetti falling down and their big logo on those screens, they might have missed the playoffs entirely. And they are a great team. I'm not saying they're not. Obviously, ranked. I ranked them in three or two. I completely agree with, with this two position. But I'm tired of seeing, like, oh, they're the championship uh, winners and they're the best team. They won the league, sure. But this is a ranking, a live ranking that will be changed and adapted during this season. And I see them starting a bit slower just due to the fact that I think that Philly and NYXL are beaten down and will be hungrier a little bit. And yeah, that's all I really have to say about London. Uh, I think I don't need to discuss how great they are because obviously they are. But these are my concerns and why I don't think that they automatically get to be ranked first on every freaking power ranking out there. I think I have three words as to why I rank them second. Um, the first two is uh, maybe brand new to Overwatch League because it's we never, we've never talked about it before, but I'm very familiar with this term. And that term is uh, championship hangover. And and so you know they're they're at the top and they've proven like I remember at the end of stage one when Spitfire won stage one they were like yeah we're probably gonna win the rest of the way through it's it's yeah. gonna be easy we're talking about a dynasty again and then you know they were they're making soul pissed off because they used their name or whatever um, they they were they were cruising they were chilling they were at the top and <laughs> and now they're at the top again which is cool what are they gonna do now right repeating repeating championships is one of the hardest things in sports yeah exactly and, uh, and yeah like that the rest of what you, what omni said is bang on right i just wanted to fix you you had them at three not at oh. two you had yeah, sold no, so <laughs> too. i'm owning to that that's but, gonna be forever attached to my name but but same thing right let me segue off of that every traditional sports team that has repeated would say that repeating is much harder than winning the first championship Always, and I, I, I can uh, write. I, I think that now, if I am a betting man and I'm putting money on a championship, I would be very, very careful to put it on London again. Very careful. Uh, you know what? I think I, right. I, it's, it's hard to disagree. But even even if you were high on London, it's a long season. A lot can happen. Putting money on them right mm-hmm. now isn't a safe bet in any way, shape, or form. They might get Fisher back. If if you had to. (laughs) Yeah, 20 bucks. I'd put them on their prop bets. Let's go to Vegas. Um, Put a loony on that. Now, I think of all of the teams and how we rank them, I think quite clearly, I mean, this, this is across the board, our top team, New York Excelsior. Again, I ruined it. I didn't give you guys the spoiler alert earlier. And the New York Excelsior we have as the number one team. Um, so again, granted for me, uh, it did come down to a coin flip because, you know, the loony told me New York was better. But it's really hard not to give them the nod because they were a 
good team last year that just happened to get into a bad run at the meta. And if you look at where meta stands right now, they're not <coughs> outside of it. And they've added flowers. Like I just, for me, it's hard not to give the NYXL the respect they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the record? 34 and six. My note literally says for the New York Excelsior, <laughs> why I had them first. Sabiolvi, Libero, Flower, Pine, Nene, Mano, Meko, Ark, Animo, oh, and Jonak. That's that's my case for NYXL being first. And they have the dog. Oh, that's right. They're, they they got another buff now. <laughs> but can no. they make it through the season without the genius of Wizard Young? Oh, well. Only time will tell. I think they'll be okay. I, I honestly wonder if they, they might have just slipped their hand a little bit and gotten a little bit bored because it felt like for, for a lot of the season, and I guess this is kind of in between, and actually even even in stage four, it was just kind of like a given that, oh, New York's going to win this thing and then we're going to do yeah, it again. It happens a lot in traditional sports too. Yeah, and and like one of one of the references that I I'm doing mostly to Spite Light Force is is the 2016 Golden State Warriors. It felt like that they were that dominant for a long time, and I was really surprised to find out that they they kind of dropped the ball. And I mean, I mean, it was credit to was it the Fusion? I can't remember just off the top of my head. I just slipped. Um, yeah. But but like the third word that I was going to say with London Spitfire with the first two being championship hangover. The third word is flower. Um, and and flowers, like I I know he he had a pretty bad season, um, but I I believe he's going to come back in in a big big way. And when it was like if we're drawing a couple years back when we were talking, I think it was L W blue or red. I can't remember which color. Luxury watch uh, blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was blue, and and really like people didn't used to talk about Sayobi. They used to talk about flower. And Sayobi's become one of the game's biggest stars, and you know credit to him, his game, his personality. I think he's a ton of fun. Um, but but Flower was the dude, and and the only thing that kind of stopped him from playing is he was too young. Um, and but he's here now. So when you take one of the most dominant teams and you add one of the best players, what does that sound like to you guys? Hmm. I'm I'm waiting for it to come from Light Force, but. Uh, but yeah, there. That's why you get the Warriors references. New York Yankees. <laughs> is that is that what you were looking for? <laughs> no, I was looking for Kevin Durant. But there you go. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, who, who's going to be there? Uh, Demarcus Cousins. Is that the dog? That's when Fisher comes back. Oh yeah, <laughs> jo- joins NYXL. <laughs> yeah, he's he's making his rounds around like the whole league, right? <laughs> and for those listeners who have, don't have any idea why I'm getting picked on, the NBA is dead to me. There's a backstory there. <laughs> at me on Twitter. I'll tell you all about it. But to recap our Ready, Set, Poem power rankings from bottom to the top. In the 20 spot, we got the Washington Justice, the 19 spot, the Chengdu Hunters, the 18 spot, the Florida Mayhem, the 17 spot, the Boston Uprising, the 16 spot, Toronto Defiance, sucks to be Toronto, number 15, the Atlanta Reign, number 14, the Guangzhou Charge, number 13, Paris Eternal, number 12, the Shanghai Dragons, number 11, the Dallas Fuel, the number 10 spot is owned by the Houston Outlaws, number 9, Hangzhou Spark. Number eight, the LA Valiant. Number seven, the Soul Dynasty, also known as Sam's favorite team. He's going to change his Twitter handle to another Soul Dynasty. 
Number six <laughs> is the Vancouver Titans. Number five. Hashtag force of That's nature. Right. Uh, did you see, actually see on Twitter? It now has the little uh, emoji attached little to it. Yeti. Yeah. yeah. Number five, the LA Gladiators. Number four, the San Francisco Shark. The number three team is the Philadelphia Fusion. The number two team, the London Spitfire. And ranking in the number one spot, your New York Excelsior. Now, if you have a problem with those power rankings, first of all, science. But second of all, at us. I am Chris at Lightforce. Alex is our Omni, at Omni Strife. Sam is at another Sam Sham, or just at Ready Set Pwn. Tell us your thoughts. Leave the comments on the blog. Send us reviews. Five out of five stars. Your power rankings suck. That's okay. We want to hear from you. Tell us where we're right. Tell us where you're wrong. Where we're wrong, and we can go from there. We're going to revisit this over the course of the season. And if you're still saying, "Chris, you went too fast. I could not keep up." Don't worry. Uh, Omni here. He's putting together an infographic. We're going to have that out through social, so you'll be able to to see it. But uh, I'm confident in these power rankings. I, I truly am. I think we did justice. And I'd like to sort of revisit this, you know, at the end of stage one to see, you know, how did everything fall? They're a hundred percent correct. <laughs> Go to Vegas, <laughs> take this. You say, I came from ready set home. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're not taking bets. Cause you already have like the cheat sheet. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, wrapping things up. Cause this has been a heck of an episode. Like we're over an hour here, boys. Like, I remember mm-hmm. when I started the, the podcast, it was like 15 minutes and like five minutes of that was music. <laughs> We've come a we long have. way, but uh, we have a lot going on. We are just under two weeks away from the opening match for the Vancouver Titans. Our next episode coming out a week from now, say a week Wednesday, the preview show we might have a special guest joining us. Uh, I don't want to ruin the, the surprise, but we're going to start to have guests. Excuse me? Uh, I, it's not my dog. <laughs> so I, I asked. They said no. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of stoked. And I think the closer we get to uh, the opening of the season, which, you know, is, what, Valentine's Day. Like, what better way to celebrate with the love of your life than watching a little Overwatch League. <laughs> totally. But uh, what final? I can think of well, a better can... way listening to reruns well, that, of us. Uh, without a doubt, I just presumed everyone already knew that one. But <laughs> wrapping things up, what final words of wisdom do you have to share with our listeners, our thousands of listeners as we know they exist, Sam? Thank you, everybody, for going through this marathon with us. We digressed about 1,800 times, so I appreciate that you've gotten all the way here to the end. And uh, give us five stars, and make sure to write a written review because Light Force is going to read it verbatim. Remember that. I will, like literally verbatim. Uh, I'm I, Again, I, I may have to go and you know bleep out a word here or there because you know G-rating and all. I don't want to have to mark that little explicit box. But yeah, five out of five stars. I'll read them. One out of five stars. I'll still read them too. <laughs> Omni. Last words for me. Well, if they won the championship, they're probably the best team. Dude, can't wait to the start of the episode when you get to hear that clip before we go into the intro. <laughs> As for final words for me, again, uh, I am stoked. I am excited, and I am also humbled. I shared this in that bonus episode, uh, but to see how we're doing 
uh, ratings wise within you know the Korean iTunes store, within any iTunes store, uh, with the reviews that we were getting on iTunes, with the feedback we're getting through social media, with the conversation that we're having with you know the Titans fans in the official Discord server, uh, it's a fun time. So I do appreciate you tuning in each and every week to the Ready Set Poem podcast. If you're looking for more content, the easiest place to find it is ReadySetPoem.com. If you want to join our Discord, it's bit.ly slash RSP Discord. It's the easier link than a crazy amount of letters because we ain't Discord partnered yet. Hey, Discord, you're tuning in? There's a partnership opportunity right there. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at ReadySetPoem. Unless individually, it's myself, Chris, at Lightforce, Omni, who is at Strife, and Sam, who is at another Sam Chan. So on behalf of the three of us, the gang being all here, I got two words... Atrays.